You're listening to the MLS Fantasy Insider, bringing you weekly tips, tricks, and advice for the official MLS Fantasy game. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 27 of the MLS Fantasy Insider, our review of round 24. This episode is brought to you by the Chicago Fire re rebrand. Because you know what? When you do something right, you deserve credit. That's an awesome logo. It's fantastic. Check it out. It's amazing. Uh, no, actually uh, brought to you by the amazing Patreon supporters of MLS Fantasy Insider and MLSFantasyBoss.com. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLS Fantasy Boss. And tonight I'm joined by my co-host, my partners in fantasy, Mr. Belaine Riffle and Ashley Savage. How are you all doing tonight? I'm good. Yeah, I'm doing awesome. Thanks. Yeah, uh, we almost had Baby Roo on the show with us, and my wife was doing some grading, and so there was a chance that he may have made a cameo and, and been uh, this week's special guest, but he did not. And so now I may have to bounce out to help with the bottles if I disappear. You all will be in good hands. But we are talking about a strange week this week. This two weeks. This strange double week single game week round i don't know in it, what i'm getting it at is round 24 spans two weeks this saturday and sunday and next saturday and sunday are both part of the same round so it's a double game week for sure but you just have a lot of time in the middle so we've switched up a little bit of, of our player recommendations section uh, part three of the show and we're just going to focus on double game week players this week this episode because as blame pointed out in our pregame, uh thank you rolling lockouts all of the teams on a double game week you will be able to see their first game this weekend for the first half of round 24 and no single game week teams play so you don't have to worry about the single game week players for another week, which will give us plenty of time to talk to you about which single game week players you may want to work into your team during our next week's episode on October 11th. So be sure to save some room. That'll be part of what we talk about in the third half of our show, third section of our show. I have, can't have three halves. That's ridiculous. So that's what we have going on for you with this episode. Uh, I hope you like it. It's, it's kind of cool. Hello to everyone in chat with us. Hello to everyone who's listening to us. Uh, later on on uh, this podcast, on SoundCloud, or whatever podcast platform you prefer. Uh, let's start talking about this uh, round 23 um, with a recap. How'd your teams do? Blaine. Oh, you have to start with me. I do I have to start a, with you. I finished on an 87. I'm I'm not really at all disappointed given the way the season's gone with, with my score. I'm being hollered at by Lily. Come here. Um, Lily's going to make a cameo. Um, this week was just weird. I, I'm not upset with my score. Daddy, it, someday it, would it all be okay if, like, me and Mommy, like, stayed home and you went stayed in for, with your friends for all? I don't know. For a long Good time. Question. Me and Mommy. Reed, you're going to have to cut this from the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. So while Blaine is away, I'll go ahead and give my recap because Blaine and I played each other this week in uh, one of the head-to-heads. And what you may recall from last week 
is Blaine didn't point that out at any point during the show. Blaine also didn't point that out during any of our post-show conversations or sharing of teams. But I looked at it. I saw who I was playing this round, and it was Blaine. And I knew that even though Blaine was trying to keep it on the down low, that I wasn't going to actually share my final team this week. So Blaine did get an 87, and I'll let him talk about that in just a second. But I beat Blaine with an 89 after losing to Patrick by one point uh, what, last week, two weeks ago, I came yeah. out with, with Blaine. After recalcs, right? Like, it wasn't even right. like you tied and then, yeah. Right, we were we had a draw, and then Skylar came in and said, no, Reed, you lose. Uh, I beat Blaine by two solid points, two solid points. Uh, I got 89 points, which I thought was fine. I mean, I think a lot of us scored in those high 80s. Maybe, maybe people got low triple digits, but I think a lot of us scored in the high 80s, 90s. I think that was a pretty solid score for this week. And my team was fine. Uh, basically, if you got in the, in the 80s, you had a lot of solid players, maybe a couple of duds, but you just didn't hit on some of those guys who return a score in the teens, some of those hat trick guys or some of those brace guys. Like that's what it was. So if you had those, those high 80s, low 90s, you had a good round. You may not have made a Champions League. You, I, I don't think that would have made someone fall out unless you were really close there on the bubble. Uh, but but I beat Blaine. So that's all that matters at the end of the day. Uh, I also got 89. I did not beat Blaine. Um, I wasn't playing him, but I didn't beat him. Um, yeah. What is all the kids? Which is your gonna kid gonna walk in now too? Um, <laughs> I I was was it fine? Sure. Am I happy? No, because I'm still hunting for that Champions League spot and I'm within touching distance. But I picked up Ruby Diaz, which I got a little bit of flack for, but he got a ten off my bench, even with just the one game. So I'm happy. But then I just choked with Chicho and Mora and Halovich, just were all busts for me. Um, kind of like you just said, I feel like I hit enough, but I didn't hit it. Like I didn't have Brian White. I didn't pick up anyone from DC. Um, but I didn't gamble with, with New England. I know a couple people had Bo. Um, but yeah, just generally not a fantastic week for me, but not bad enough to complain. Lane, would you like to finish your original? summary yeah um not upset with my score of 87 it's just champions league was pretty much out of the question unless something really crazy went i went with differentials uh, pretty much across the board and still came out okay like i had a gimme char captain this week uh did the exact same as barco uh but that first game could have gone totally different for portland and he could have really blown up um fafa pico on the bench came in for me huge in an 11 and I'm just frustrated, uh, MLS stuff, just typical because MLS. I had a red dot 4 million defender that came in for a single point in the second game, a guy I thought was injured. And so I lost my head-to-head -head with Reed because my scrub played in the final minutes of that last game. And but I'm going to say, I think this is a good learning moment for other people, though. And I, I don't mean it to be at your expense, because what team was he on? Uh, DC. Yeah. So my only go-to injured people are Icopara, <laughs> right? I mean, literally, Icopara never gonna play. There's no physical way possible, or who's ever on a bye or the or the last game. That I'm do. It sounds like I'm poking, like talking shit to you, and I'm not. But I, I has haven't we all had that happen to us at one point or another, where you pick a guy and then you think they're definitely hurt and you don't check or. They're on the, do you know what I mean? I think it's such a valuable, again, not that I want it to be at your expense, Blaine, such a valuable thing to remember 
where you pick your scrub from, right? Yeah, yeah. and I'm a, I'm a huge advocate for yeah picking, early, picking an early game scrub that you know is not in the 18, just to get it out of the way. Lock it in early. That way there's no whatever on this. And I thought I had done that with this one. I'm looking for that first game again. Right, but the problem was you picked a scrub from D.C., which you haven't yeah. mentioned, who was on a double game week. Yeah. And so that's the, always the risk also for everyone to take away is when you have a guy from a double game week who's a scrub, there's always that chance, especially with rotation, that something happens, some of the scrubs get played. And that's why last week I was saying you wanted to look at New England and Columbus primarily for your scrub players because they only had one game. And so that was just one game you had to keep an eye on. You can never just take into account what crazy substitutions could happen near the end of a game, but much less of a chance of that happening because that guy's locked after that first game. Yeah. And and that and that's what happened to you, Blaine. It was the second game when he came in, right? Oh, yeah, the second game that, yeah. that got me. Um, look, yeah. trying to see if he was even in the 18 for the first game. I Again, not at your expense, just a good learning moment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I did not like Columbus for that one because you never know who's going to play anyway. And I knew I had a busy day. They've yeah. got, they've got what, eight defenders? And I think all of them have started a game this year. Mm-hmm. It, it's crazy how much rotation there is on that team. Yeah. And my guy I went did not, was not even rostered in the first game with the red dot. Yeah. Like, it's just, yeah. Sometimes you can't see that second one, and I was not touching Columbus knowing what my weekend looked like, so I went with somebody who I thought had been out for a long time. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. And oh, also, yeah. I've been there. I, for me, I've seen a lot of people do this, too. Eichel Parra, for me, is like on the games where – or on the weeks when you want to and you're not sure – like Seattle is a great one, right, where – all of those listed defenders play every single one of them. So like if Seattle's the last game, you're not going to pick somebody from them to be your scrub because it could go any person. And so there's a couple teams like that. And I think Columbus kind of is one of those teams. So I totally understand. I, I had a scrub from that team and was nervous to look because um, I didn't have anywhere else to go with it. But I go Para is my favorite scrub because he is. <laughs> um, and then I, yeah, I think, making sure you pick someone not, you know, on a double if, if possible, but I see your logic and I'm shocked it didn't happen to me too. <laughs> well, let's talk about the actual other takeaways that we have from this round, Ashley. Yeah. Um, Portland, where are your goals? And why did none of your goals include any of the people that we thought that they would, except for blame? <laughs> what, I mean, I feel like we all kind of got suckered in after that six goal game. And we talked about this a lot that lightning doesn't usually strike twice. It's not like I expected them to score six goals again, but Oh my gosh, every time I watch, you know, checked the scores, I couldn't believe what their goal output was. So that was a little disappointing for me. Um, and then I think it's time, and I don't know if we've been doing it intentionally or unintentionally, but Brian White deserves to be talked about. (laughs) I think he probably deserved it at some other point in the season from a fantasy perspective because he was scoring goals, not plenty of goals, but goals before Gold got on the team. And now that they're getting that midfield to click, obviously a hat trick is a hat trick, but he's got one, two, three, four, five, five goals in seven games before the hat trick. So again, nothing super crazy. He wasn't putting up doubles in any of these games, but a lot of these games he's been getting goals and 
Vancouver's looking to, to be in the playoff hunt. And I think that with the pieces he actually has around him, again, a hat trick is going to make you stand out more than any other week. But I think he's, he's worth having some conversations about. Um, and my last takeaway, and it might be a hot take, is Seattle don't need Nico Ladero to produce from a fantasy perspective. I don't know if I feel very confident saying that from a winning perspective, but I might. <laughs> um, the goals are, are coming from places that we don't usually talk about in fantasy, right? Um, Christian rolled on getting in the net both both games this week. Madronda getting in and assists. Um, I, you know, I think from a fantasy perspective, it was always Nico Ladero, maybe Rui Diaz, and then someone else if you're just trying to be a differential. But um, from a fantasy perspective, I think there are a lot of other players in that Seattle midfield defense, maybe even Bill and Freddie Montero strikers um, that are picking up decent points. And this weekend on a double was a, was a great example of that. Lane, I'm going to bounce and grab a bottle for baby room. Uh, all three of us had had a, had baby time tonight. So you all keep going. And when you guys are finished, uh, give me a break and then head into the housekeeping. You got so, it. Be right back. Yeah. I'm, First one I had was, it's getting hard to make differential picks. Mm-hmm. When you're looking at a bunch of guys, and then you see a bunch of sevens and eights across the board. Um, all Most of my differentials ended up right in there. I mean, Rusnak was a seven, Barco was an eight, and I know he wasn't really a differential, but Yimmy was my differential, and he was an eight. Like, I just, you can't, you're, it's, it's really hard to get ahead in a game like this when a lot of your big points are coming from, are, are all the same. Like, where do you turn to? Who do you go with? Uh, Jack Price had himself a decent week again, but still right in that right in that hunt for what everybody else was scoring. Uh, forwards were the same way, lots of sevens, eights, and nines. Um, kind of digging deep, trying to find out where you can steal a few points here and there, and I think that's making it really hard. It was really hard to get into Champions League because of that, because even when you try the differentials, they're still scoring on par with everybody else. Mm-hmm. And there, I could, I was, I struggled to find a way ahead this year. Um, and then it's lots of multi-goal scores again um this week it was full of them goals and assists for same guy um i mean you look at the dream team this week and it's like 14s and 15s across the board in the attacking side yep uh that's that's crazy production uh predicting where that's coming from can be tough uh just it's it's all over the place and then despite all of that craziness um both shallowy and russell got on the score sheet multiple times. Shallowy had a two goal game and then a goal and an assist. So four tallies for the week. And then Russell had a single and then a brace. And so it just, they're firing right now. Uh, Polito didn't start either one of those games, which is huge news for Kansas city. Just that the guys are finding a way to score with or without um, Polito out there. And honestly, this goes back to a couple of seasons ago when Shallowy and Russell both had double digits. Uh, yeah, 10 goals, 10 assists on the year. They started on either side of Kyrie Shelton, and that's what they've been doing, and they seem to just have got that rhythm back. Um, so watch for that. That front well, that front three does a lot of damage, and those two wingers score like crazy in that system. Yep. So just keep an eye on that. I know it's it's huge, but that's a that's your insider formation information right there. Yep. Uh, if if Polito's out and it's those three across the top, look for something big to happen because they're, they're used to playing together. They've had a lot of success playing together. And 
for as good as Polito is, these three together are just a dynamite unit going forward. And I want to see Polito back. I'm not saying this is going to put Polito on the bench. But you never know with the way Burmese likes to go and with the, with the results that they're getting, it can be really hard to try to break up a chemistry like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, cycling through a couple of, of reads because he had some, some good points I don't want to miss. Um, Orlando seems like they're getting a little healthier. Um, DK not called up um, and also finding some form, I would expect. Uh, him to continue that. Uh, I don't know that, that it's fair to call it a snub, but to not, to not be called up and, and to be getting back into form in, in MLS, I, I would expect him to continue that. Um, NYCFC this week looked abysmal um, and, you know, not getting any, any goals um, with most of their team. I know I'm sure we'll cover this. I know Tinner home had a, had a pretty nasty injury. Um, a couple of, People not playing, but you know, Tati playing in the second, still nothing. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they look in the already third derby. Third derby in what, two weeks, three weeks? Like yeah. real tight congestion. Um, and then, you know, Reed reiterated what you just said is can SKC goals all over the place? How to <laughs> trying to figure out who to who to grab is 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 tricky, but um yeah, well, I think without Polito, it's a little a little more straightforward, but um, still, it's they're definitely spreading them around over there. So, okay, housekeeping. Oh, great! Perfect timing because we don't do housekeeping. Okay, first, let's have a congratulations to all of the league winners and current leaders of the MLS Fantasy Boss Network of Leagues. Uh, still on top in the MLS Fantasy Boss and the Reddit Classic League, we have Nawajawa. Uh, over in Discord, we still have Feeling Kinda Rad. And uh, over in the Patreon open head-to-head, we have a change. It is now back to Garth Butchers, who is leading the way there. Over in the head-to-head side... Um, I think we had one change, maybe the Patreon league, uh, but Sombrero FC is winning both the Discord and the Patreon head-to-heads. And uh, Discord, he has a score of 21-0-2. Over in Patreon, it gets a little tougher, 18-0-5. Then over in the Invitational, Skyler is still winning 17-0-6, but only by points. Matt Pollard is right there. Uh, then for anyone who has been a longtime player of the head-to-heads from my leagues, I do have a playoff system, uh, at least in the Invitational. I may not have it in the Patreon, but I usually have a playoff system, so the teams will start being weeded down over these last four rounds because guess what? We are now in the Fantasy Champions League time. That's right. All the qualifiers are over. If you made it, congrats. You have another shot at some prize money this year. Uh, And these last four rounds of the season is going to be where that is decided. And so also in my leagues, that's where that would be decided. So it's anyone's game still, uh, but Matt Pollard is making a push for, for the number one spot this year. So it'll be, it'll be good times. Specifically about round 24, the start time. Already told you this is a long stretched out two two week round. So the first games of the double game week teams start this Saturday, October 9th at six o'clock PM Eastern standard time. And that is with the New York red bulls versus Miami later that day at eight, 
Cincinnati plays Philadelphia. And then later at nine, Seattle plays Vancouver. So those are the teams that are going to be playing on October 9th. That's a Saturday. Uh, after that, we have games on Sunday. And then we have an entire week before more games. But as I said, this is a double game week. So the teams who are on a double are Seattle, New York Red Bulls, Miami, Vancouver, Colorado, Philadelphia, Miami, and FC Cincinnati. My FC Cincinnati. Of those teams, two of them have a double home game. That is the New York Red Bulls and FC Cincinnati. And three of them have a double away game. Miami, Philadelphia, and Colorado. Fortunately for us all, we don't have to worry about falling down Blaine's folly of picking a switcheroo scrub option uh, because FC Dallas is on a buy this round. So it is absolutely going to be simple for you to have a player who you know will not play. Now, suspensions and injuries, I'm going to kick it over to Blaine as usual, but I do want to let you know part of the reason why this week is so long is because there are call-ups in international games being played. And so players are going to be missing. Players are going to be playing outside some players are going to be playing three games in a week before they come back for the second round and it's it's going to be crazy so expect this to be a heavy because mls week and we have one update from christian who joined us last week on the show about this and he says a lot of the same players will be called up and those players will be unavailable for the first leg of the double game week and they'll likely be rested for the second leg but we could see some come back in time to play, but don't count on it. So there's going to be a big roll of the dice this round. Uh, if you are a member of the Discord community, be sure to check the pinned post in the main thread because that is the main channel because that is where um, Tyler Rantzader is getting our usual call-up list, uh, the, the great the great sticky of all the, the injuries, absences, cards, et cetera, et cetera, uh, that he is working on that right now. But Blaine has an early preview of it for this episode. So take it, Blaine. Yeah, um, our red cards for the weekend actually all affect double game week teams. So that starts off with the bang. Uh, Wagner for Philadelphia picked up two yellows to get himself suspended. Um, Reynoso picked up a red card late in the game. So he is going to be out for the first leg. That's a huge one for the double game week. And then a uh, guy who's been seeing a lot of minutes. Um, I expect this one to get overturned, but Estevez for Colorado uh, picked up a red card for what I can only say, think they saw was a, his foot coming over the top of the ball, but he was upright the whole time. And Paolo took a dive on that one I expect to find there usually you do not see a suspension from that but since it was awarded a red card in the match you could see Joe Paolo actually pick up a suspension on that but I highly doubt it they've they've done it before they've done it before when guys get a red card following a dive like that and yeah but VAR confirmed it which is the one thing that would make me think not not a chance that they flop around like that, but I think it'll yeah. be overturned, but nothing's going to yeah. happen. I expect Estevez to be, be available. Just watch for that because we've seen crazier things in MLS before. Um, I think the only injury I caught so far was Tinnerholm came off early. Mm -hmm. uh, looked uh, Everything I've heard, it looked pretty bad. So don't expect him to be around. And then the two yellow card warning guys I know from double game week are two of the big names. Uh, Roger Espinoza for SKC and Abubakar for Colorado are for sure on warning. 
Uh, they would miss the second game if they pick up one to start. Uh, Red Bulls have Yearwood, Edwards, and Reyes also on them. They're playing the double. Those were the big ones I saw. A lot of were, uh, yeah, a lot of them were not dealing with having to miss that second game. Thankfully, we don't have too many players up like that right now. Um, internationals, uh, same as before, as Christian said in his message to us. Uh, the big one, the big addition is Jossi Zardes was added this time. He was available for the last set of games here in MLS, but he is the big name that got added from MLS. And I think everything else, you might have a few guys that are back that we weren't expecting to have back. But other than that, I would say pretty much status quo on that. Rosters, I think, are out across the board. And a lot of your uh, European internationals are also going to be traveling as well. And they've got games Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So if you want some of those guys, like I know I do, uh, watch when their games are. If they're those Tuesday games, they're probably going to be available for the weekend. If they're playing later in the week, they're probably not going to be available for the MLS second weekend. And then we had a note from Shannon in chat that said uh, she believes that Andres Reyes from Red Bull is also out. So that's another name to keep an eye out on. All right. Well, thank you so much, Blaine. Like I said, if you want to have the full update, the latest update of injuries, call-ups, cards, uh, head over to the Discord community. Join that community. It's free, a lot of fun, and very helpful. A lot of players who are in the top 10 even this uh, season and a lot of our new players who have been scoring very well, made the champions league and all sorts of things like that have credited this community as one of the reasons why they've succeeded. So head over there. It's simple. Head over to MLSfantasyboss.com slash discord. And that's the easiest way to find out how to join our community. That's that's pushing 900 members. So I mean, I'm hoping to hit a thousand before the end of the year, but eh, maybe next season we'll see. All right, now let's move on to uh, player targets, double game week player targets for round 24. All right, let's talk double game week player targets for round 24. But first, as always, let's talk about some of our most promising games that we're looking to forward to for, from a fantasy point of view. Ashley. Yeah, from... This section, I, I I hate to preview, even though I won't be here next week, but there are a few single game weeks I kind of like more than some of these double game weeks. But for the section of double game weeks we have coming up, I could be very wrong here, but I just have this weird gut feeling about Miami at Red Bull. Um, I think it could be really interesting. I think both teams have been very inconsistent um, and kind of hard to judge when they're going to, not even fall apart, but just do well. Um, Miami have been playing a lot. They've been on a lot of doubles. They're on another. Um, so I'm interested to see how that plays out for them. Um, this is a homer pick, but is also very fantasy-based. I'm also interested to see Vancouver come to Seattle. Um, Seattle's going to be missing a lot of players. Vancouver is definitely on a hot streak. Um, and they're definitely vying for contention for playoffs. And Seattle... Um, you know, doesn't ever like to lose a Cascadia game, especially at home. Um, it's going to be the first time that we have a bunch of different um, health and safety protocols put back into place in Seattle, which I don't anticipate would affect attendance, but could. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm just interested to see coming off the weeks that both teams had, um, how that game could could turn up point wise. So, yeah, that is uh, those are those are the two games I'm looking at the most. Blank. what about you? Yeah, that's interesting because I, I mean, 
it's easy to pick up the Red Bulls versus Miami game. I'm just worried about that being a little bit of a trap game for them. Um, but I like the the New York Derby again. I like Red Bulls hosting New York City with the way those are going. Tenor Holmes out. New York City has not been in the greatest form. I think Red Bulls are kind of figuring it out again a little bit. They've got some guys that are starting to fire. The midfield seems to be solidifying a little bit more. The rotation seems to not be there quite as much and the subs coming in. So I like that second game. And then you throw in the first game with hosting Miami and that just makes Red Bulls kind of both matchups really tasty for me. Um, For double game week teams, I like Philly at Cincinnati. I think that's a good one. I like Philly's double game week options there. Just, I think that's a good start to the week. And that's a team that they can easily pick on. But on the other side of that, I like FC Cincinnati versus Orlando on the back end of the week too. I'm kind of targeting those second games. And, you know, we start looking at two bites at the apple. Um, I'll suffer through a Philly game where FC Cincinnati probably shouldn't put up many goals, maybe one, may try to poach one there. But it's that second game against Orlando that really is tempting to go with and possibly load up. I know people are talking Orlando's coming up. They're they're back and forth. I just haven't seen it. I I think this is a team that can really be picked off and hit for multiple goals. And with the way Cincinnati's playing, with some of those guys that they have there, I think they can exploit it. Um, could be a high-scoring affair, but I'm really looking at Cincinnati for points in that second game. I am one of those people who's looking at Orlando to have a little <laughs> bit of an uptick. Uh, but I will also add for Philly at Cincinnati that we now have a GM, uh, Chris Albright. So he's got a little bit of knowledge about Philadelphia. Maybe he can drop and we only lose by a couple of goals. So there you go. No, uh, no, those are all really good games. I'm going to double up on, or maybe triple up actually on New York Red Bulls versus Miami. Uh, I, I think uh, the Red Bulls have been doing pretty well actually to tie into our next section. I like some of the defensive options that Red Bulls have with both of their games, one because of Miami's poor form, and then two because some of the the scoring rut that uh, New York City has been in. So uh, this derby will definitely be interesting, and uh, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, you guys have touched on a lot. I I think the teams that maybe we're a little bit unsure about from the double game week perspective are definitely Vancouver, Colorado. And of course, I don't think anybody wants Miami, but uh, I I think those are some of the ones like I'm interested, but I'm like, "Ah, I'm not sure Vancouver versus Seattle. That's a little bit tougher than I necessarily would have liked, just like against Sporting Kansas City, uh, a little bit tougher than I would have would have liked. But I see some opportunities. Colorado on the road is just just kind of rough right there. Um, definitely chances for someone like Abubakar to be gone. So a little bit more hesitation from those teams, but I think you guys covered a lot of the games to look forward to the double game week games to look forward to from a fantasy perspective. So let's talk about keepers, defenders, and clean sheets. Blaine, let's start with you. Yeah. um, Two of my, two of my uh, three clean sheet shouts this week or for this round are Philly and the Red Bulls. Um, I think you've got pretty much everything you need there. Um, I don't think you would be absolutely crazy if you wanted to run, say, a Cornell to Blake um, keeperu this week. You're you're cutting it very very tight on that second one, but if Miami's not getting much done, you you may be sacrificing ten minutes of Red Bull clean sheet to be stuck with Cornell if you don't want to go over to Blake. 
But if Red Bulls concede early in that game, you just switch right on over to Blake and you call it a week. Um, you could do that. I'm looking at I'm looking more at picking somebody on the second weekend and taking Blake as my number one. I I like his matchups a little bit better, even though they're on the road. I just I think it's a little bit more solid defense. But you would I I wouldn't be surprised if I switched back and forth to Cornell a couple of times before lock, just because I think both of those are really good options. Um, I'm finding it hard to go three deep on either team. So it's, or three deep includes grabbing a keeper and an extra defender. So it's not like I'm really losing anything. I'm not trying to pick up an attacker somewhere else. So that's, those are, that's my clean sheets and pick somebody that we'll talk about next week on the back end. Uh, Right now it's on Blake. And then I've got, um, because of that, I've got uh, Gutman and Glessness for this. Um, with Wagner out, it makes Philly a little bit harder to pick. I know there's some other names that are going to be talked about, but I like Glessness on the set pieces. I like them when they've got the clean sheet shouts, and I think this is a better week for him. And then every once in a while, he just goes off, and I think, I think I'm going to try to catch one here. Uh, Gutman's not point chasing for me at this time. At this point, I've got him in draft. I've been taking him as my number one Red Bull defender when it's not Tolkien playing a, a team where he can get forward. Gutman has been my go-to all season over any of the other Red Bull defenders. And I know he's coming off of a 15 with a goal and a clean sheet, but I like him. I like the way he plays and I really like the way he matches up in these two games. I am a little worried about rotation, but I still think he's one of the strongest from Red Bulls for the double game week, at least the way I value my defenders. And then I'm looking at a couple of single game week guys to fill that out. Um, maybe tempted to double up on either one of these teams, um, grab the extra, grab an extra defender just to see, but I just, I haven't had good luck doubling up on defenders this year. So I'm hesitant to do that. Did you mention No, that's a single game player? Sorry. Sorry. I saw part of your, we're just talking about double game week players this week. Yeah. I got, I got thrown off. Ashley. Yeah. Um, I, I, I overlap with a lot of things that, that Blaine said. I, I like Philly defense this week. Um, I think I like Minnesota and Seattle um, for, for this week and this round for doubles. Um, my only hes- hesitation there is Minnesota I feel a little more comfortable with. Seattle is going to be missing Ariaga, Nuhu, um, Christian Roldan, which I understand is not a defender but can have an impact. Um, Alex Roldan as well. So I'm, I'm just a little hesitant by on principle. I think that, that that's a defense that I should like, but um, it kind of just depends on, on who ends up rolling out for that first lineup against Vancouver, because um, I don't like a clean sheet as much um, when you put Sissoko or, you know, and Shane O'Neill in there together or something like that. Um, I do differ for the Philly defender that I picked, but it was more of just a gut and then stats that I like more to, to make me pick up Elliot. Um, I think either Gleasness or Elliot are good shouts for Philly um, with Wagner suspended. Uh, my Seattle defender that I like that I know is going to play is uh, Jimmy Madronda. Um, the way that he's been able to kind of like revitalize his career in Seattle is, is more than I've ever seen. I know when he was at sporting, he was everyone's favorite, gets subbed out with the clean sheet still fantasy player. 
Um, but with Seattle, you know, he's scoring goals, he's assisting goals. He's also getting subbed out with <laughs> sheets sometimes too. Um, so if, if I'm going to pick up anyone from, from that defense, it's, it's probably going to be him. I think you might hear some shouts for Yamer, um, or maybe even Brad Smith, if he's back from health stage protocols, but I personally am gravitating towards Madronda. And then I like Gutman too, from Red Bull. Um, I've been kind of more on the, the Tolkien train pardon the alliteration, but I, I've always kind of gravitated to him more, but in the last couple of weeks, I think that Gutman's been a better pick. I think he, he may have been a better pick a lot of times, but um, I think he's probably a better shot this week. It just depends on, on how they come out in formation. Cause I do like when they play Tolkien as a midfielder and said, um, I, I think you can kind of go back and forth between either of those players, Neilis as well, maybe. Um, and then I'm also picking up Debassi from Minnesota. I will wait for Christian to tell me if that is a good or bad idea. Um, but I, I like the numbers that he's been putting up lately. I do like them at home against a Colorado offense that's kind of sputtering and then going into Austin. I, I do think Austin is, is clicking into a scoring groove, but that team is still such a kind of unpredictable unknown that I'm willing to, to take that chance with, with them playing twice. So. Yeah. Great picks. I definitely double up with some of you guys as well. Triple up with some of you guys as well. As far as clean sheets, uh, I do like Red Bulls, as I already mentioned, uh, just for weakness of Miami and sort of the struggles that that New York City has been going through. Uh, I like a chance that Seattle has at least at one clean sheet this week. I like the chance that Philly has, even as a road team at a pretty good shot. Had a clean sheet. Most of that is because they're against Cincinnati in the first game. And then against Montreal. That's that's probably the tougher of the two. But uh, I, I do like them for at least one clean sheet. And I also like Minnesota. I'll throw them out there as far as double game week teams. I think have a shot. Uh, Colorado has at times struggled a bit to, to get some offense going. And uh, I think Minnesota has a chance there. And then they're away at Austin, who got it going this last week. But they're near the bottom they there could be a, a uh, another chance is another road clean sheet. Otherwise, there's there's some I think single game week teams that have a good shot this week. So this could be a good maybe a good week to clean sheet hunt. But in general, that tends to not be where we three have landed. So a lot of it comes down to bonus points, and that's where I'm looking at with my defenders for sure. As far as goalkeepers go, you can't really talk about I think this double game week without mentioning some single game week keeper for a keeperu. Yeah. And so there's there's two I want to point out right now. You guys have been super gutsy talking about using a, a New York Red Bull Philadelphia Union keeper. That's that's definitely going to cut it. That's close. not what I said. I'm not jumping on blame with that. I will no, no. That. I'm done filling a single game. <laughs> that's that's blaming the people who I've seen in chat. So you guys yeah. are super super gutsy with that. <laughs> what I will point out is it is possible definitely to get a couple of keepers that have a good shot at clean sheets. So we'll look at New York Red Bulls. We'll look at Philly. Probably two of the, the top two double game week keepers people are going to look at to see both of their games and still go with a single game week keeper. So if you want to go with, with New York Red Bulls, you're going to have to wait until next Sunday, but you would still have plenty of time to go with uh, Sporting Kansas City as, as your backup keeper. I don't know if I like that a lot uh, because you guys do let some stuff in, Blaine. So this is not this is not SKC from a few years ago. So, but that is an option. You can see both Red Bull games before deciding if you want to go with a single game week keeper. The other option is you could go with Philadelphia Union because that wraps up next Saturday. It's the first game of Saturday, October 16th against Montreal. And then after that, you are wide open with all 
of the other single game week team. So you could easily go with a Turner from the revolution. You could easily go with, I don't know, RSL. If you think that Colorado, maybe they get that, that, that yellow for Abubakar and he's out and you want to go with that. Or if you want to risk something on LA galaxy or Portland, something, something crazy along those lines, uh, you have that flexibility to then do that. I think the common one might be Turner uh, potentially just going for new England against Chicago, um, which MLS might be, might be too, to remember. I don't know if he'll be back on time. No, that's true. Exactly. Uh, and so there's probably the, if, if someone is going to be playing after they come back, Turner mm-hmm. has a good shot at doing that at the goalkeeper spot, but they have a solid backup at night. So, yep. um, so I think that's going to be a decision you ultimately come down to is if you want to see both games, you could go with New York or go with Philly and that would still easily work. Uh, the problem with going with say a Seattle who I think Fry's also a great option is because they have the eight 30 game. That's not going to be over until right at the time of when LA and Portland are starting. So you're really only left with LA Portland and sporting Kansas city as your options, which are not super high. I mean, Malia, maybe, but he's, I don't know. I'm kind of iffy on that one. Uh, so Vancouver's been scoring. They, they've got some, they got some stuff there, but I wanted to point that out as far as keep route options. Uh, and I haven't decided that myself right now. I mean, right now I have, I have a uh, New York Red Bulls and a sporting Kansas city swap, but I'm just so on the fence. And I do kind of like the idea of doing Philadelphia union, new England, maybe a little bit better for, uh, for the players I'm looking at after that. Uh, I agree. I like Gutman. I like uh, Nealis there with sporting camp with a uh, red bulls i think one thing people might be looking at this year is really or this game is really going heavy with the red bulls so going with uh two defenders and a goalkeeper could be something you do this week that could be profitable from a fantasy point of view uh and you guys are absolutely absolutely right gutman has been doing very well with bonus point production right there uh after that I agree with you, Ashley. Uh, I like Elliot. He has higher bonus point numbers than uh, other options than Glessness with with Philadelphia. Not by much. They're they're no. really close. Elliot's got a couple more offensive points, and then forty something, forty three defensive bonus points, and then Glessness has thirty six, thirty seven defensive points. So they're pretty close. But uh, I like Elliot for for some of that just solid bonus point generation. Uh, and so he's the Philly person that I lean to. Um, the other question is, do you want a single game week player? We will cover those options. I think this round going with double game, three double game week defenders, and then two scrubs two Dallas guys will probably give you the most flexibility for your team. I don't know. Maybe you can find a midfielder or a forward. I had a, I struggled a little bit with my forward, so maybe a defender and a forward might be uh, an option if you want to go with a single game week guy. Because I think there are a few you could look at, but uh, definitely a position where you could use a single game week guy. But I don't think you have to. All right, let's move on to our midfielders, Ashley. Yeah, um, you know I did what I think some people did, probably not as many will admit it. I balked when I saw that Gold wasn't starting and dropped him. Um, I didn't like him enough to keep him on a single and I was mad about it um, because I switched him to Mihalovic who did not do as well as he did um, in two shots. So I'm definitely picking him back up this week. Um, I also like Lucho Acosta. He's a player that I picked up occasionally, um, but in the same token, every time my husband does it, I'm like, why are you picking him up? He's in such a slump. And then he goes crazy. So um, 
I feel like it was Christian a few weeks ago who said Lucho at home is not the same Lucho. And statistically, I think that that's moderately accurate, um, more accurate than not. But with the games that they have in this, in this stretch, I, I think I definitely want him on my team. Um, I'm also going back and forth between Laud and Fragapan. I know Fragapan had a better week last week, but just generally I like Laud as a fantasy player better. Um, I like where they play him positionally when they don't have a real striker. Um, I like where they play him when Reynoso's out. Uh, so even though he, he didn't produce this past week, I think that that is probably the Minnesota midfielder that I like more. I'm also not a hundred percent sold on a Minnesota midfielder, but, um, if I am, I, I think that's where I want to go. And then, you know, barring any fluke, uh, reactionary suspension, I do like Joao Paolo. Um, I think that he tends to to carry a lot more of the load during these international breaks when um, Christian's gone. Um, he's like, we've said before, he's on the corners. He's on the, most of the set pieces. Um, there's not going to be the same offensive power in front of him in an international window, but uh, I, I still think that I like him this week, a differential pick for me, who's been picking up a ton of bonus points, but haven't seen come near the goal is Josh Atencio. Um, back when budgets mattered, he was a he was a great budget pickup. But um, he's doing a lot all over the field. But I don't. He's not doing enough for me to pick him up. Um, but he is someone that I think could could kind of stand out in this week where a lot of the traditional starters, the Christian Don, Rui Diaz, etc., are are out. Um, and then I'm floating back, you know, between a couple single game week players, which we can touch on next week. Um, but for the players this week of this round, those are the minis that I'm looking at. All right. Blaine. Yeah. I'm, I'm in a lot different frame of mind here. I'm, I think the double game week might be more of a trap this week than anything. Um, Christian just mentioned it in chat. Lodge probably called up. Um, Minnesota's a potential rotation risk. I mean, Fragapane has been good. I like him, but I don't necessarily like the potential for rotation here. You are banking on that second game when you go Minnesota because I like Colorado's defense regardless. At home on the road, Colorado's got a good defense. This is a Minnesota team that can get goals, but where are they coming from? Who's going to carry the load? If you don't have that double and triple threat like we like from them, are you going to have a guy like Fragapane really freed up to do the extra work and carry the load? Or is he going to get double teamed and shut down? It's just where does this where does this line up? And so I'm just I'm seeing trap all over this one. Um, I like Joao Paulo most of the time. I've got him in draft, but he doesn't wow me in the fantasy game enough. Like he just had his great game. I don't see another double digit game for a while. He's one of those guys you go to for a seven, eight, nine, and he's just he's consistent on that. And I'm not trying to play that way right now. I want to try something different. So I'm kind of shying away from most of the double game week guys. Now I am going to stick with Jack Price. Um, the potential for double digits is there all the time. He's on set pieces. I know this is two road games, but I think this is a chance where he's going to get some more points and he'll be fine. And then I'm going with Lucho Acosta as well. I'm going to bank on that Orlando game, getting something done. I just don't trust Orlando enough. And I think he's my double game week midfielder that I really expect to do something. Um, 
other than that, I'm really kind of shying away from double game week guys. There's two names that I want to see where they line up and what happens in that first one, because I like the first games a lot. Um, and the first one is Omir Fernandez for Red Bulls. I'd love to get a Red Bull midfielder in here, but I'm not wowed by any of them enough. Sean Davis has got a solid average, but I just he never lights up the score sheet. Um, Fernandez is one of those guys who's scored a few times lately, um, seems to be getting in there, but there's so much rotation. I can't, I can't really pick it, but if Miami comes out with a rotated lineup and Red Bulls puts out the right guys, maybe I'll look at that one. And then I want to see how, I want to see what I feel when the Philly lineup comes out because Montiero is the other guy that's double game week. That's been on my list just to keep an eye on. I haven't seen him do enough since he's come back yet to really say I'm going to go grab him, especially with two road games. But I want to see that Philly lineup opposite what Cincinnati does, and maybe that's enough to sway me. But right now I'm looking at my single game week guys that are already in there that I'll talk about next week, and I don't see anybody else beating out one of my single game week guys that I have so far. And that says a lot because I'm looking at two road uh, road single game week guys too. So I'm putting double game week guys behind road players for next weekend. So that's it. I'm not sure I'm going to make any of those changes. So Price and Acosta are my two double game week guys that I'm prepping for this weekend. I'm going to let the rest ride. I think I could guess which road midfielders you are looking at, but I think the competition's a bit more uh, staunch than maybe – Maybe you're giving credit for. Uh, I think overall uh, at midfield, uh, this is again a position where I, I would not scrub a position here for a switcheroo or an autoroo. Maybe it's the best option uh, at, at times. Uh, but I, I think you could have two at least single game week guys, I think could challenge for, for positions here. This is definitely a, a round that has opportunities for single game week players to have good scores. Uh, other than that, I think you guys have touched on a lot of them. I like JP uh, for what he's done without Ladero and it was some of the other guys that will be missing. I think a lot of that focus will be on him and he has good opportunities. I like Acosta as a bench play and at home. I think that'll be good. And new GM, who knows what's going to happen. Maybe we'll get a, a new GM bump without a, a new coach bump. Uh, and like uh, like Gold as well. I think he's he's had some solid times. It's interesting that you mentioned Davis Blaine because Davis is of the double game week players the second highest bonus point. Well, he's actually tied for the most bonus points produced. However, I, I call him second because most of his bonus points are defensive bonus points, and that's exactly, in my opinion, why you are having that reaction of he's not really lighting up the score sheet because you're looking at maybe maybe. A seven as, yeah. as a, like he's, he's gotten nine, nine has been the highest he scored a couple, at least once or twice this, this round. But other than that, I mean, you're looking at a five point flourish, maybe seven as, as a reasonable expectation. Um, but, but number one is Jao Paulo. And as far as, and I'm concerned because he, he splits the defensive and, and, Offensive bonus points. Uh, most of his points are also defensive as far as generation, but he does have a, a nice collection of, of attacking bonus points as well. Uh, Reynoso is, is one of the leaders. It's not, if not the leader in attacking bonus points, but we're not going to have him for 
for the first round at least. So uh, not on the table. I love your Montiero shout out. That's one that I was keeping an eye on as well. Mm-hmm. I think this could be a good opportunity for him. Uh, that could be a nice little pick there. Other than that, I mean, yeah, price. It's okay. I, he's gotten some more of those doubles recently. Um, it's it's the road games that are that are making me hesitate with that. And I do think that he is an option where a single game week player could have a better one game than price for, for his opportunity. Uh, if you're just looking for that double, I think there's some single game week guys who could easily get in the teams that uh, could be a swap for, for price. But uh, for some reason, I don't know, I guess I just, I feel like I'm always ragging on, on Colorado and I don't mean to do that at all. I just don't like Barrios. That's, that's really all it is. And it really I corrupts your whole view, doesn't it? I, it's, it does. Like it's the whole, I mean, that's, that's a derby right there. RSL in Colorado. And, and I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. This price is definitely on my list. He's a guy I often look at, especially in double game weeks, but I do feel like some single game week guys challenge for that spot in particular. Let's move on to let's do a quick check. Anybody else just want to make sure we don't overlook anything? Uh, just, uh, uh, yeah, no, who cares about Miami? Sorry. Uh, let's go on to forwards. Blaine. Yeah. Um, double game week, guys. There's really only one name that jumped out at me. And I know that means Iguain is going to have a uh, multi-goal game somewhere in here just because none of us are going to take any Miami players. So it's bound to happen. But no, um, I like Shavilka this week. As, as random as it is, he's had a, by all accounts, a terrible year. I, I mean, just he's had a few games recently. I mean, he's kind of saved face recently. We we're talking about him again. Uh, but no, I just, with this set, with the way he's been playing lately, I think he's got a goal and an assist in one of these games. Maybe he'll get it. Maybe he'll split him between the two games. But I really see him stacking something on the score sheet getting on there twice in some capacity in one of these two games. I'm thinking it's going to be the Cincy game, but I don't know. The way he lines up against Montreal could be good. I That's one of those games that just kind of makes me think. I think Philly can go in there and do some damage on the road. I think Montreal's a good team. Montreal's going to find a way to score. I think it's going to be a battle. I, I don't know. I just I feel like Shabilko's going to have something this week. I like the way he's been playing in the last few weeks. He he's turning it around, and I just, I feel I feel something there. Um, so I'm gonna go to the elephant in the room, and everybody else can talk about why they would take him. Ashley said it best earlier. Lightning rarely strikes twice. I'm not going with Brian White for this round. I can't do it. I I just I'm I'm feeling. That Seattle defense, even with rotation, they're all battle-tested. They've all played quite a bit. It's on the road. I don't like Cascadia games for that reason. I just – I don't see him getting it. And then I see a potential rotation risk against Kansas City at home. I just – I don't know if White's going to go 180. I don't know if he's going to go 120, make a cameo appearance somewhere. I just – I don't trust it. I would want the second game. I don't trust the rotation. So I'm going to go ahead and fade – Fade White this week. If he starts, if he were to start the sporting game, I would absolutely take him. If you can guarantee, if you can guarantee me he's playing that second game, I'll put him in. But nobody can do that. Uh, Cavallini doesn't have that much travel playing there. He can come back and go. I don't know how much he's playing for Canada. 
Uh, Dahomey has been starting up top. There's a lot of rotation. I just, I don't know what those games are going to look like. I just, I can't get any guarantees. And typically coming off a hat trick, a guy doesn't do much in those next couple of games. I don't like Seattle. I can't guarantee he's going to start. So I'm going to go ahead and fade him. And I know I'm probably in the minority given that he's coming off a hat trick. He's double game week guy. Two bites at the apple for a forward is what we all want all the time. I just can't do it. Ashley, who do you yeah, have and do you do it? Yeah, uh, I also like Chris. I'll just say that uh, up front. He was one of the first players that I added to my team. I do like Brian White. Um, to, Seattle is starting one of their regular five starting defenders. Jimmy Madrano, I would not consider a regular starting defender. Um, they are missing Christian Roldan, who is their best defensive midfielder. Um, and they are coming off a very very strenuous stretch of game. It's a home game and it is a Cascadia game. Um, but I've watched much worse Vancouver teams come into that stadium and, and grab points. So for me, um, like I said, he has been slowly churning out these goals, slow enough that we're not talking about it, but often enough that he's getting a rhythm. He's doing better here than he ever did at Red Bull. Um, he has proven himself to be some of it's been from injury and some of it's been from call-ups, but he's beating out Cavallini to be this team's striker. I think I did say earlier, Lightning doesn't often strike twice. I'm not expecting him to get a hat trick, but when I look at some of these other single game games, which again, I know we'll touch on next week. Sure. I think there are options for multi-goals. I think that, um, you know, Atlanta going into Toronto, maybe I think that or, or sorry, yeah, Atlanta going up to Toronto, I think Orlando going to Cincy. I think that there's some goals to be had in some of these other places, sure. But SKC leaks goals on the road. They've tended to, I don't think that they're foolproof up in Vancouver where they haven't had to travel to yet. Or have they gone there? They didn't go there before, right? They The last time that they played, I think was when Vancouver was still in RSL Stadium. Um, I mean, it's not a simple shout of a game for an SKC team that they'll get to play at home where he's scoring a lot. So I'm not like, I'm not captaining him. I'm not, I mean, I'm not like on the Brian white train by any means, but for me with the games this week, I do agree that some of these double game weeks feel like a trap, but for me, I think Brian white at the very least can just be on your team um, with some of the other, other options out there. I don't, I, I think it's a disservice to say, oh, you got a hat trick. I won't pick him up this week when neither of his games are exceptionally, you know, awful matchups. So yeah, he's on my team and I feel okay about it. <laughs> I will also start out with that question. And I will say he is on my team and I will disagree that this is a lightning strikes twice situation. Yeah. If, if you think, oh, I'm going to get Brian White because I'm going to get another hat trick, yes, that is absolutely lightning strikes twice. But it's not like he's been playing all these time and all of a sudden he gets a hat trick. You're like, yeah, he has – in his last four games, he scored a goal in three of them. Uh, mm -hmm. Before that, he has a couple of, of blanks. Um, let's see here, two, four, six, seven, eight, nine. He has scored in six of his last nine games, at least one goal. So and one of those games, he didn't play a full game. 
In one of those games, he didn't play a full game. To answer your question, I don't know if he'll go 180 or what. This guy's going to go like 150. This guy is not playing 90 minutes. So I think you're looking at at 120 to 150 minutes from Brian White. I think you're looking at a shot at goals in both games. And for a round like this, I know we're all hoping for braces from people, and maybe that's what you're going for, but I think White's got a good shot, especially if Seattle does come in there and, and does some rotations like that, which is not uncalled of. Uh, so so I think it's not 100% fair of saying that Brian White is a lightning strikes twice kind of guy when he has some level of form and consistency that we can look onto to justify this being a reasonable shout out for this round. So, uh, but I get it if you're looking for a differential and I get the worry about if you're, if you're solidly looking for, I want a guy who has a good chance at giving me a brace. Maybe he's not the, the guy that you're looking for. I can, I can give you that. Other than that, Shabilko, I think that's one that definitely uh, is going to be on everyone's short list. Uh, mm-hmm. And as far as double game week guys go, it's going to throw Brenner out the window because n- nobody wants that. I think Red Bulls, you like them more for defense this week than maybe for, for offense, especially since it's kind of hit or miss with the offensive players. Like you said, Blaine, Higuain will probably come in and, and get a double hat trick uh, since no yeah. one's going to be picking anybody from, from Miami. Uh, and that, that leaves – go ahead. Miami has, has given up a decent amount of PKs this year. I, I don't have a solid number for it, but I know, I've, you know, it's definitely happened. So if you feel – the need i would say clamala over anyone but i uh, i echo you here that i don't know that i love red bull for for offense this week right even right so I, think- I would i would be willing to risk kamala over white this week just okay. before the games go like and that's reed you hit it on the head and i was going to jump in with that in a second i'm looking for more than just a single goal i'm not saying white's not going to score i'm looking and that's what i'm kind of doing since i'm not in champions league I am playing for that top 100 still, but I want to, I think the game's changed. I think going through this season, the full season, everybody here, no COVID shortlist, none of this 15 games thing. I think that, I think what separates you is finding the multiple goals rather than the singles and taking the steady points. So I'm going to use the end of this season to try to figure out if you can predict or kind of get a jump on where multiple goals are coming from. And so that's my, I guess that would be my big thing with White. I don't see a multi-goal game here. That's the lightning strikes twice. I don't see a multi-goal. If he gets a goal and an assist, I would call it a win for him, and I'll probably miss out on some points there. I just I want to see I want to see if I can track down some multiple goals, and so that's why I'm avoiding him. And I think Kamala, for in my eyes, has a better chance at a goal and an assist over Brian White having a goal and an assist or two goals. The only reason I think your eye could see it as if you're looking at the number of shots that he produces, because in his last few games, he has had a little bit higher of a consistency of shot production. Uh, White did get six shots in his last game, and he has uh, a few games with some higher shot numbers, but is not getting a, as many of late as Kamala. But if you're looking at producing multiple goals, I don't think Kamala is on any different platform than White. If you look back through what they have produced for us this year, I don't know if Kamala has produced a brace this year at all, where at least yeah, you do have that. So, so yeah. I don't, I, I don't think if, if you have to just be looking at shots then, because other, other than that, I don't really see how White or Kamala are on any different kind of plane. Going, I'm going gut reaction there. And Ashley said it, uh, Kamala takes PKs. Sure. And I think both Miami and New York City are good chances where a PK could come up for him. Sure. 
Um, and it's just, it, it really is that. And it's just, I'm not trying to bag on Brian White. He's been one of those draft guys that I've been all over, and I've brought him in a couple of times this season as a rental player when he's had some form. Brian White's one of those guys I've had on my short list for a long time. I just, I'm trying to find multiple goals, and I think Klamala has a better chance at him. And I didn't even bring up Klamala in my section. Sure. Like, I, it's the PK thing right there for him, almost 100%. And the last name I think we have to mention at least to get feedback on since we have Ashley with us this week is Rui Diaz, who would likely be called up, called up, but even coming <laughs> back or. So he, he was questionable going into the weekend. That hamstring injury seemed legit. It's illegitimate enough for him to get called up. Um, See, that's what I was wondering was like, was the hamstring like to not go? Is he going to like no, the not just stay? Okay. It, the hamstring was definitely legit based on how he didn't practice um, and how he looked after the game. But for, if if you're looking at a Seattle striker, well, most times it should only be Rui Diaz. But um, I, I think you see Bill Bruin and Freddie Montoya go both. Um, that, not to take from my own uh, switcheroo picks, but – Rui Diaz, if, I, if you see Rui Diaz in one of the games this week, I'd be shocked. And that's what my in my notes where I had Rui question mark is because that's I, w- I wanted to ask about that injury. Like, was that him trying to game to stay? Because I know he's he's looking for that golden boot. So yeah, he sure is. <laughs> so I wasn't sure. All right. Well, yeah. Let's go ahead and move on to our switcheroo section because I think you're the only one that that really has any. I did it. it was you did just it. Me. Who do you got? But, listen, I think. None of us are going to do it, and I don't know that I even feel incredibly confident in advising it in our current position. But I think if you don't mention Higuain as a switcheroo on a Inter-Miami double game week, it's a disservice. Am I going to do it? No. But these are the weeks when we <laughs> don't talk about him that he puts in three goals in two games or something, right? So I don't know. Every time I watch Inter-Miami, I feel like they're an absolute dumpster fire. But he's still – putting up a moderate amount of goals, not in, as much as you would think for a player of his caliber, but still a decent amount. If you see, uh, you know, an A squad, whatever <laughs> Inter Miami's A squad is, I, I mean, it's definitely a differential pick. I don't, like I said, I don't know that I want him on, on my bench, but he's got two games. He's still been starting. Um, and then the only other double game week player that I like as a differential um, is Bill Bruin. Um, he gets oh he gets his little ticky tack bonus points when he gets a full game. He is in the f- fullest of health, and by that I just mean he should play more than Freddie Montero. Um, and he's been contributing a lot in goal scoring opportunities this year, even though he isn't scoring often at all. Um, so again, I think there's better single game week shouts, um, but Bill Bruin should go in both games. Um, I would even venture to say Bill Bruin will go in both games um, this week. So, you know, I think against a kind of dicey Vancouver back line um, and then going into Houston, who's super inconsistent and not to mention Houston's where he played the majority of his career. Um, so I think Bill Bruin is definitely a differential switcheroo um, that I'm not positive. I want to pull the trigger on, but I think he's definitely appealing. Love it. Love it. And I will say Miami's second game is against Columbus, which has been a team that has been struggling this year. Uh, but no, yeah, not a huge Higuain fan. I mean, I don't think it would be fair to say the guy came here to retire. The dude came here and it's just languished. That's that's all it is. It's 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 been nothing. 
he's collecting a paycheck and walking around the field. Yeah, mm-hmm. there we go. No, I, I want to echo kind of Ashley. She's talking about Egwene. I just think I got to do this. Pizarro, 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 Pizarro. Now we've said his name enough. He can't do anything in the week. <laughs> talk about him at all. He's going to get a brace and we're all going to be kicking ourselves. So I think you said it a couple of times earlier, Reed. I think we've said his name enough. Now he can't do anything and we're good. We got to like it. Let's wrap everything up with captains. Blaine, who do you have? Um, I'm looking for, I'm looking for multiple goals and assists. I, I'm looking to get on the score sheet twice somewhere. Uh, I think I'm going to go with my gut and double down and just say Shabilko. I've got that feeling that he's going to get on the score sheet twice in one game somehow. Uh, so I'm going to double down on that one. I, I'm just, I'm so torn. I want to go with the midfielder, but I'm not in champions league. So let's go back to my forwards boomer bust. And I really think he's got it. It's a good call. Ashley. I am honestly leaning towards a single game week player, which I know goes against everything we recommend for people to do. But if I was to look at any of the doubles, I like, the Shavilko shout um but for me it would probably be on JP probably a little homer you know just like Blaine said he's a he's an eight or nine point guy um and I know that going going into it um which is why I'm probably leaning towards someone on a double um but of all the midfielders available in doubles he's the one that I gravitate towards the most yeah I agree with with Ashley on this one my gut still says midfielder. I love the Shabilko shout out. Um, I don't know. Forwards have just burned me so much. That it's hard uh-huh. to go with that. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at JP uh, from a bonus point producing point of view. I've seen some teams in, in the discord chat that have had a, a defender captain. Um, I mean, maybe you could be looking at maybe a 2022 point captain out of that. I, don't like defensive captains because it's just so easy for one little goal to, to mess everything up. You have far less chance of that uh, with a defender. I mean, maybe you get a 12 or something, a 10 or a 12 with the defender. If they give up a clean sheet, but still have a solid bonus point production time. Uh, but it's, uh, it's really rough. So, I mean, I think someone like a Xiao Paolo is going to be a good shot. I think Shabilko would be a good shot on, you could definitely go with a single game week person as a third option, uh, but you might even look at, at Galt as as another as a third captain option this week, depending on what he can do, especially with if a rotation heavy Seattle comes out. There. So that's going to be something to look at right there. But I, I don't think a single game week captain is bizarre for this. I think there are some solid midfielder single game week players who could challenge for a road. I'll add road onto that players that could challenge for a captaincy spot based on their matchup. So uh, not not outrageous. I'm right there with you on that part. Like if it's not Shabelko, it's a single game week guy. Yeah. Um, and I, the thought crossed my mind about looking at a, def- at a defender this week with the way Red Bulls have been playing. And I know it's like, I'll never do it. You just, you can't do it. That's one of those golden rules. You don't break that golden rule. But if you're team Tolkien instead of team Gutman, and you've seen some of the offensive production uh, Tolkien has gotten and how much he's done. He's had an 18 and a 15 recently. And I think, I think both one of those included a clean sheet. I'm not sure if both of them did, but if you're looking at Tolkien and you know a little bit more than we do about how they play Tolkien yeah, <laughs> at home versus inner Miami, 
for the clean sheet potential, but then also the offensive potential. I can see where that's coming from. But you're looking at a defender who has a decent clean sheet potential to go with a huge attacking upside. This is like old school Ryan Hollingshead when he was playing on the wing and he was getting you a six, seven, eight regularly without a clean sheet. And then you're playing against the weak defense where you're expecting a goal or an assist or multiple. And then you've got a good clean sheet potential on top of it all. This is when you start looking at defenders and you go, okay, maybe I can justify it this one time because they're an attacking minded player playing out of position and they have the clean sheet potential to stack on top of that. Because if Tolkien has one of those monster offensive games against Miami, like he can, we're talking about a 12, 13, 14 in that tack on a clean sheet. We're looking at a 20 point captain right there. Like that's gets That's what people are looking at. And I don't, I don't think discord's wrong in looking at somebody like him for that but he's the only defender I have on my list that could possibly be there. Yeah. And I'm going Gutman over Tolkien. So there's no way, but Reed said it. I just, I, I know where the argument goes. I know why somebody would do that, but Tolkien's playing defensive mid most of the time doing that. If he doesn't pick up those bonus points and they give up a goal, you're now staring at a six point captain. Yeah. And and those times when he when he got that, like he has one a clean sheet and a goal and a clean sheet and assist. Those are his two double digits, and he he doesn't shoot a lot. So the the goal is is not going to be as consistent. The one where he got the assist, it he had four key passes. So so that was great. He had three key passes and three crosses in the one before. So he can produce some offensive bonus points that do help, but that's not consistent. So. Yeah. So like I'm team Gutman all the way as far as, as it goes with, with Red Bulls this week. So, yeah. All right. Well, that is all that we have for the show tonight. Thank you so much, everyone who joined us. Remember part two will be uh, next week at our usual time. Now, I will be broadcasting from the remote MLS fantasy insider studio, uh, but as I'll be on fall break, but uh, we will have a part two where we focus on the single game week team. So don't worry. We didn't skip anybody. Those single game week guys are still an option. I think every position has the ability to have at least one single game week player in them. Uh, I think you could get by with not having anybody on your defense, but I think every other position has at least the potential to have a single game week player uh, be very viable for this round. So be sure to leave some space in your team for the single game week guys. The easiest way to do that, like I said, in case you're worried, throw in a Dallas player. You've got three players. You can throw your Dallas guys in. They will not play. So you're good to go with that but we'll get into more depth on that next week so let's wrap everything else up with plugs blaine yeah big plug this week um bucket half brigade i've got my camera all over there ari sent me this wonderful scarf uh, for ari yeah yeah so Ari is another member of the Bucket Hat Brigade. Um, I'm not, I don't think I'm an official member, but since I wear the hat all the time, Ari's noticed it. Ari loves the hat. Ari is another Bucket Hat fan as well. Um, He sent me the scarf this last week. Uh, Absolutely love it. Been been sitting here behind me all through work and everything. Just got to find a good spot to put it behind me, but massive shout out to Ari. He's a huge fan of the show. He's been on the show a couple of times. Um, just 
love the guy, one of the nicest guys I've met in the community, had several conversations with him about more than just soccer. And uh, we share we share mutual fondness for several players in the league, including Gotti Kinda. So massive shout out to Ari. Thank you so much for the scarf. Um, it'll sit behind me proudly. And just thank you again for all that you do for the community for us, because you're you're just one of the most welcoming guys we've got around here. Awesome. Awesome gift. Ashley. Uh, yeah, I am going to plug Carlos Heel because we haven't said his name yet. And I feel like if we go an entire episode without saying it, it the episode won't exist. Single game week that. That's I know, episode. but still, like, it just didn't feel right. I noticed it when it just didn't feel right. I just, I'm just, he's, he's my plug. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, as of course, for myself, MLSFancyBoss.com, the MLS Fancy Boss Discord, uh, the two best ways to get involved with this community. Uh, thank you so much to our Patreon supporters. You all should have been receiving swag. I've gotten a couple of letters back in the mail. I'll be reaching out to you all to see if there's an updated address, but that has gone out. Uh, as you can see behind Blaine, we have uh, gators that went out this year, as I previewed earlier in the in the episode. If you saw that, we have uh, the face masks that have gone out, as well as our usual sticker. We had the special magnets that came out this season. I might make that a, a regular deal. And uh, let me know what you guys think in the comments or shoot me a message on Twitter. Maybe we'll have a yearly sort of Patreon magnet that you all can vote on. We'll get a special design. Like we'll, we'll have a rebrand every year as far as the magnet goes. We'll get a circle logo like Chicago and everybody else has. And we'll see we'll what we can that's right. The re-re-re-re-re-rebrand, the, <laughs> the Patreon rebrand, uh, just for the magnet. So that could be fun. If you guys like that, let me know. Uh, and of course, for for our highest uh, supporters, I hope you enjoy the little acrylic pins that we have. Yeah, the, the acrylic pins are awesome. They're yeah, awesome. It's really fun. My Maybe son we'll do some put his on his school backpack proudly on his own accord. That's it was awesome. adorable. Yeah, that is awesome. Uh, but thank you so much to all of you who continue to support the show. I'll be working on uh, refreshing some of the the support tiers. I know the Discord auto sign-in didn't really work this year. So that's some, some stuff we're going to try to flush out during the off season. Uh, and then I have some new stats that I'm sharing on Discord. Let me know, or sorry, not on Discord, on, on Patreon. Let me know if you like those uh, and, and just see if that's something you want to see continue. But so humbled by what you all do to help support the show uh, and this project that's been going on for seven years now. It's, it's, it's crazy. The time this just flies. Uh, thank you again, everyone who came out to listen to the show tonight. Uh, we'll have this episode up later for, for listening on your favorite streaming service for podcasting of choice. But until then, as always, good luck. Mm -hmm.